Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the HypnoDojo, a place of learning for practitioners and students of hypnotherapy. Get your black belts in all things hypnotherapy as we whip into shape your mindset, mastery, and marketing. Relax, enjoy, learn. Here's your sensei, Linda Campbell. Hi, and welcome to the Hypno Dojo. As the gentleman said, I am Linda Campbell. I'm the director of the Horizon Center School of Hypnotherapy and the president of the Canadian Association of Counseling Hypnotherapists and Educators. And the Hypno Dojo is geared towards people who have a fascination with hypnosis, whether you are a practitioner, a layperson, or a student. Hopefully this show will give you some ideas as to how you might support your clients or how you might further your studies. So this topic came out of a really interesting series of events that happened in a class that I had maybe a month or two ago. Uh, So before we get into the topic, I'm going to set a little bit of context. So in that class, I brought a volunteer in to demonstrate a hypnotherapy session to my students. And outside of hypnosis, the volunteer said that one of the things that she wanted to work on in that session was to have her younger self grow up and marry her adult self. So she wanted this, you know, process of bringing herself up to date on where she is in her life currently, having the younger inner child grow up. But when I got her into hypnosis, we got in touch with the inner child, but the inner child wouldn't have anything to do with us. She was playing, she was reading books, she was doing her own thing and had no interest in communicating to us and certainly no interest in growing up. So that was event number one over that weekend. The second thing that occurred that prompted this topic was one of my students was talking about how he had a volunteer who had had some sexual trauma in her background, and he was trying to get her to share some details about what had occurred so he would know how best to address it. And she didn't want to open up about it. She was quite um, hesitant, resistant to give him any information. And so that was... Event number two, and I'm going to come back to these a little later. Event number three was one of my students shared a story about how he had been working with a volunteer of his, and he'd set up yes and no fingers to kind of check if there was anything further going on in hypnosis, that sort of thing. So he gave her clear instructions as to which hand to use and which fingers on that hand would indicate yes or no. But when the client actually went to set up the finger signals, the client used the wrong hand, and I think as well the wrong fingers on that hand. The student, not really sure what was going on, told the client to use the hand he had suggested. So these three seemingly completely unrelated events got me thinking and prompted a conversation between myself and my students. Now, a client may come to us for a reason such as, you know, stopping biting their nails or improving their sleep or quitting smoking. But there could be something even bigger that we're able to provide that client. Yes, you know, resolve the challenge that they're coming in for. But maybe there's something else going on that uh, will show up in various ways during our time with the client. 
So we all missed out on things growing up. There were things we needed or wanted that we just weren't provided with for whatever reason. Maybe the people around us weren't capable of it. Maybe they didn't know we needed it. Maybe they didn't value it the same way. But for whatever reason, we missed out on having our needs met. So some of those needs might have been to have a voice, to be able to you know, offer an opinion or speak up about how we feel or be able to share who we are. So some of us missed out on having a voice. Some of us missed out on getting respect. Some of us missed out on having a sense of safety. Some of us might have missed out on being believed. So example, uh, I've had several clients who shared with a parent some abuse or some trauma that had occurred uh, and the parent dismissed it or said that it wasn't accurate. I even had a, a client whose mother read about abuse that my client had experienced in my client's journal when my client was a child and said that the client had made it up in order to get attention, even though it was in her journal and she never actually shared it. So for some people, what might be missing is to be believed and along the same lines to be validated, whether it's what we think or what we feel or who we are as a, as a being, uh, getting that sense of validation, that sense of we're enough. Some of us may have missed out on being accepted or being loved or having respect. Uh, some of us may have missed out on having choices. Uh, I remember my parents telling my sister and I that we were moving to another town and just being shocked that nobody had asked my opinion, that I didn't have a say in it. And, of course, you know, they made a decision based on what their requirements were, what was going on for them, um, and they probably didn't think that we needed to weigh in on it. But that feeling of not having a choice can you know, leave a mark, so to speak. Some, some of us may have grown up without a sense of control over what's going on in our lives. Maybe there's things going on around us that are unpredictable. Maybe there's an unpredictable person in our environment. Maybe unexpected events are occurring. Maybe there's something that just feels beyond our ability to comprehend. And so there's no sense of control over our lives. And in some cases, it might be maybe privacy that we missed out on. Maybe we were forced to share everything, um, you know, show everything that's going on for us. Maybe we missed out on a sense of privacy because somebody had access to our body and we didn't have the right or the ability to say no. And, of course, the list could go on and on and on. But we all miss out on at least one thing growing up, maybe there's a number of these things as I've been listing them off that you've been able to, to check off. So our work with the client is actually an opportunity for them to get what they never got. It's an opportunity for these missed opportunities an opportunity for these opportunities to be met. Uh, yes, we're going to work on their smoking or their nail biting or their sleep or whatever they came for. But if we have some understanding of what it is they missed out on, we can also, whether it's in therapy or outside of therapy, find ways to be able to give the client the thing that they never received. So back to these three examples. The client that I worked on in the session who wouldn't grow up actually had had a parent commit suicide when she was very young and was forced to grow up and take on adult responsibilities and actually moved out of her home when she was 16 years old, entered into the adult world. 
So here we are in hypnosis trying to get this child to to grow up, to to blend with the adult, and the child didn't want to grow up. The child, I suspect, really missed out on play, missed out on the opportunity of just being a kid, missed out on not having responsibilities, not having to take on burdens of adulthood. And so that, that child in hypnosis within my clients needed to play and if we ignore the signal that the client is giving us so i'm trying to connect with the younger child we're we're going to entice her over to us we're going to talk to her and we're going to imagine her growing up if the client won't have anything to do with that in hypnosis if the child is ignoring us we need to respect that we need to look a little deeper into what's going on why is that child not willing to grow up what am i missing here I see some bad hypnosis sometimes. What I see is, no, no, find a way to get that child to grow up. You can have any tool you want in your imagination. Make the child grow up. But maybe what that client really needed to experience in hypnosis, really needs to experience in her life in general, is the capacity to play, the capacity to be free of responsibilities for a little while, the capacity to be unburdened. And the client, my second example, who had been sexually abused, really needed her privacy respected. (laughs) It's possible to work on a person's abuse without knowing a whole lot of details. To try to find out the details may be to further perpetuate the trauma that the client experienced originally. When you think of sexual abuse, what is that? It's somebody disrespecting your boundaries. It's somebody invading your personal space. It's somebody invading your privacy. So that client really needed to be able to say to the therapist, I'm not going to tell you what happened, needed to be able to set that boundary, needed to be able to demand to have her privacy respected. So again, we need to understand what the need of the client is underneath all of the stuff that they're coming to work on. What is their real driving need? What is the thing they missed out on? If we force a client to tell us something, when what they really need is to have their privacy respected, we are re-traumatizing that client. We are, in a sense, just as bad as the original perpetrator who took that client's um, privacy, who crossed that client's boundary in the first place. And the client who used the wrong hand for the finger signals, the student who had the situation actually figured it out himself. Uh, He realized, based on the client's history, that this is a client who had never had a whole lot of control growing up, never had a whole lot of choices or options. And so when the client chose to use the wrong hand, perhaps that was the client eliciting some control. Perhaps that was the client making their own choices. So when we force the client to use the hand we suggested, we are taking away their feeling of control. We're taking away their choice. We're taking away their options. So again, we are further wounding them. We're perpetuating the initial wound that they had coming into our sessions. So when we see a client acting a way that is unexpected, using the wrong hand, not growing up when we tell them to grow up, not sharing details that we're asking for, The client isn't being resistant or difficult. The client isn't challenging us. The client isn't confused by the instructions. The client is actually doing what the client needs to do for their healing to occur. And we need to make space for that in our environment. I often say to my students that I don't think we get very far in our work with a client if we're 
on the wrong track without the subconscious stepping in and telling us what it is we really need to be doing. So, for example, you may have a plan that in this session we're going to you know, do a discussion with your father around that event that seems so traumatic to you growing up. But then you set up the scenario in hypnosis and instead of the father, the mother comes into the client's mind. That's not an accident. That's not the client misunderstanding the instructions. That's not the client trying to be difficult. That's the subconscious going, whoa, 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 whoa. You may think, and the client may think, that the problem was really dad, but actually there's work here to be done around mom. The problem wasn't dad, or maybe he was a part of the problem, but what really needs to be addressed, what really needs to be dealt with is the relationship to mom. And so I think it's really, really important that we uh, are not attached to our plan, to our agenda, to the protocol that we're going to use when we start doing hypnosis with somebody. I think that it's really important that when we set up a structure, that when we have a technique and things go in an unexpected direction, that we pay attention to what's going on there, that we look at how might what the client is actually doing in hypnosis, different from what I suggested, how might what the client is actually doing be completely aligned with what the client is here to achieve, what the client really needs to work on. A client is not resisting you necessarily or challenging you when they do the opposite of what you suggest. Maybe that's the subconscious kind of trumping your suggestion. Maybe that's the subconscious saying, again, what you're suggesting is not the most important thing for this person. This is the most important thing. This direction is way more relevant, way more healing, way more necessary than what it is you're asking the client to do. And so for what I'm suggesting here is that you watch for what the client does that isn't you know, aligned with the expectation of how an exercise should go, the protocol that you have planned, and know enough about their history to be able to assess their response. Is their response really the subconscious giving them what they need? What did this client miss out on in childhood? And is this direction the session's going in really on some deeper level the client getting an opportunity to have that need met and so this is one thing we want to do with this information when the client goes in an unexpected direction know enough about your client's history to see if that unexpected direction is actually the direction of healing but we can also create purposefully you know consciously opportunities whether it's in hypnosis or out of hypnosis to give the client what it is or to have them experience what they want to experience, the thing that they missed out on childhood. And so let me repeat that. That was a chunky, clunky sentence. In hypnosis and out of hypnosis, we have opportunities to purposefully set up scenarios or experiences where the client gets to get the thing that they never received when they were a kid. So, for example... If your client never had an opportunity to speak up, to share their opinion, ask for their opinion. Don't just give them a strategy for, here's what I'm going to do with you in hypnosis. Ask how they feel about it. Ask them what they would like to experience in hypnosis. Ask them what they think their subconscious needs to hear. Ask them what theories they have as far as where their problem is stemming back to. 
asking them for their opinion, asking them to weigh in on the issue is providing them a voice. And for the client who's never been able to speak up for themselves, who's never had their opinion accepted or wanted, who's never had people asking them to to weigh in on something, just that is therapy. This is why I'm calling this the therapy behind the therapy. It's therapeutic for the client who has never spoken up to offer their opinion to you. It's therapeutic for a client who has never been able to make choices easily or has never been offered the option to make choices, to be able to make choices with you. And even just as something as simple as, would you like a session on Thursday or Friday? Would you like the chair in a reclining position or more upright? Would you like the light on or off? Would you like a blanket or not? Uh, Would you like this music or that music? What type of induction would you prefer? I can do it this way or that way. Or even giving them choices when they're in hypnosis, you know, setting up something like a safe space for the client. Don't just tell them what their safe space is going to be. Give them options. Would you like it to be indoors or outdoors? Uh, are you there alone or is there anybody else around? How, what kind of colors, furnishings, decor, what kind of details are in this space? By giving them options, you are, again, doing deep therapeutic work, even though from the outside it looks like you're just leading them through a visualization. It's way bigger than that. It's way more than that. You're giving a client who's never been able to make a decision, never been um, allowed to make a decision, an opportunity to, to do so. Same thing with a client who needs a sense of control. Give them a sense of control in hypnosis. I tell people, for example, that if at any point... I give them a suggestion they prefer not to accept. They can cancel it simply by thinking no. I tell them that they're welcome to move around and do anything that they might like to do to feel more comfortable in the chair. I tell them they don't necessarily have to speak in hypnosis, but if there's ever something they want to share, they're able to do so at any point. They can interrupt me and let me know what's going on. So all of these things are about giving the client a sense of control in hypnosis. If they know they can move around, that they can cancel suggestions, that they can interact or not as they see fit, Again, that's very healing for a client who's never had a sense of control in their lives. For the client who's never had privacy, respect their privacy. (laughs) I had a consultation probably a year or so ago now with a fellow who all I had written on my piece of paper by the time we were done our one-hour consultation was the word performance. Now, I knew exactly why he was coming in to see me, um, but he spent a lot of time looking at my certificates, asking me about my training, asking me about my experience with hypnosis, and I knew that he needed to feel comfortable with me and feel safe with me uh, before he would be willing to let me in and tell me anything personal about himself. He wasn't willing to be vulnerable until he felt safe with me first, and so I needed to respect his privacy. Now, if I had jumped in and said, you know, I really need some information from you as to what you want to work on, I need some details in order to know if I can help you, then I'm pushing, I'm invading his privacy. For somebody who needs that space to feel comfortable, to feel safe, give it to them. There's no rush. This isn't a contest. I mean, I tend to be really goal-oriented. When somebody comes in and I'm talking to them, I I know that I can help them. I know how to help them. I'm eager to get them in the chair and get on with it. But if a client needs to have a feeling of in control, they need to have choice, they need to feel respected, they need to have safety, uh, they need privacy respected, 
that's way more important than me rushing on and working on their goal. We'll get there eventually, but it's really about what does the client need. And I could go through this whole list. What are some ways that we can show the client respect, right? I mean, there's a million different ways. Being on time with the client, um, not watching your clock, being attentive, being really present with your client, uh, treating your client with unconditional positive regard. You have no judgment. You have no opinion about the client. You approach the client's goal and everything they share with you with curiosity. Uh, A client's behavior always makes sense when you understand the context in which it was formed. If you're looking at a client's goal or at a client and you can't respect them, you're having a trigger come up for you, you should not be working with that client because your reaction to them is going to affect the work. You need to work on your own trigger or make sure that you're not working with people. Refer them elsewhere if you find yourself reacting. And so we want to be treating the client with respect at all times. For the client who needs safety, again, there's all kinds of things that we can do to ensure that the client feels safe. Uh, this is everything from you know respecting confidentiality. This is... Um, letting them know that they can do whatever they need to do to feel comfortable in the chair. This is going at whatever pace the client needs to go at. Excuse me. (coughs) For a client who needs to be believed, you don't question the things that they tell you. I mean, you should never be questioning your client anyway. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with a philosophy or an idea that your client has, if your client comes in and tells you that they were abducted by aliens and you think aliens are a lot of hogwash, your opinion, quite frankly, doesn't matter. Our job as a therapist is to understand the client's perspective, to understand their worldview, to you know cross the bridge into their land and get a sense of what things are like over there. You're not going to argue with your client that aliens don't exist. There's no you know, believing them and treating them with respect and giving them a voice in questioning what it is they're telling you. And so we got to leave our own opinions, our own judgments, whatever it is, um, you know, whatever philosophies we ascribe to, we got to leave those things at the door. We need to validate the client. We need to believe in the client's worldview. We need to work within the client's frame of reference, within the client's perspective, not introduce our perspective into it. And, of course, for the client who needs love and acceptance, this this ties in here as well. Again, I keep using the term unconditional positive regard. This means we accept the client wherever they are exactly as they show up, no judgment, no opinion, no kind of, oh, my gosh, that's a horrible story. Why would you do that? Even in the back of your head, condition yourself to just receive openly with an open heart whatever it is your client tells you. So a lot of these things go hand in hand. You know, if you're treating your clients with unconditional positive regard and you're approaching their goal with curiosity and you're really open to giving them a lot of control and a lot of decision-making in hypnosis and out, you're covering a lot of this ground. But it was really interesting for me to see how in that class there were several situations that happened one after the other that a new hypnotist or one who's not aware could really just be like a bull in the china shop with. Don't try to make your client do something the way you want them to do it or the way the protocol calls for. 
Instead, pay attention to what they're actually doing and look back at their goal, look back at their history, look back at their upbringing, look back at what they might have missed out on and see if you can make connections between the way they're choosing to do things and what the real therapeutic goal might be. I hope that this has given you some ideas as to how you might approach some of your clients' challenges and, again, how you handle things that are unexpected in hypnosis. If you're interested in finding out about training, I offer a class in Victoria. We meet one weekend a month for about a year, and then you become certified as a hypnotherapist at the end. I also offer an online program that I'm really excited about. I have offered an online program for a number of years, but have just recently reformatted the program so that instead of people working through it at their own pace um, without a whole lot of interaction with their classmates or their teacher, it's very much like my in-person Um, class except we're doing it in a virtual classroom so that class is going to meet for four hours uh, once a week three times a month so we meet three times a month for four hours and we're doing all of the same curriculum the same demonstrations the same practice that I would do in my in-person class we're just doing it in a virtual classroom with breakout rooms so I'm really excited to be offering this new format Classes both in-person and online will begin in April. So if you're interested in finding out more information, you can contact me at 250-382-2485 or you can email me at info at horizoncenterhypnotherapy.com and my contact information is also on Blog Talk Radio here. Uh, I also run a hypnotherapy association. So if you are trained in hypnosis and you're looking for an association that has high standards, that is providing continuing education for their members, that is uh, working on getting hypnosis accepted by insurance companies, that is working on making sure our practitioners are supported not only by having great education and continuing education, but also having skill in marketing, business practices, developing their their practices. We've got all of this covered. So the organization is called CASH, C-A-C-H-E, the Canadian Association of Counseling Hypnotherapists and Educators. And you can find us online at cashcanada.com. And, again, you can contact me if you want more information about that or, again, if you're looking for an association to be registered with. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back again next week. I hope you're enjoying the shows. If you like what you hear, please drop me a line or leave a comment. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, take one. <laughs> with correction, with Campbell. With Campbell. Campbell. The, the, okay. Get your black belt in all things hypnotherapy and never blood. <laughs>